You hear that, Ari? What, what's that noise? It I'm, sounds oddly familiar. That's the startup music. Ooh, I like this music. Ow! Howdy, everybody. I'm Robert. And I'm Ira. And this is Antiwave. Yes, it is. A podcast all about the movies that start out as foreign, then go Hollywood, and turn out to be independent. I get it. The reason we're saying that is because the movie we're doing this week is Anna. Anna, Anna. not yesterday. Not yesterday. Not no, yesterday. Not yesterday. Not yes- yesterday is yeah. yeah. Not no. Today. today. Today we're not doing yesterday. Today we're not doing. That's we're not because it hasn't come out. Who's yet. on first? Yeah. We said we were going to do yesterday last that's week, right. and we got our dates screwed up. We did, but we'll do it next week. We are going to do. Uh, just go ahead and spoil it for everybody, Ira. We're going to announce at the end of the show, so now I'm doing it an hour and twelve minutes earlier. Yeah. Well, next week we'll do yesterday, but this no. week we did Anna. Yes. And uh, our top five this week is what, Ira? Ah, you don't think I'm ready for that, do you? You're not. Yes, I am. I see you frantically M- flipping movie through paper. Movie titles with characters' names. Man, we got to find a little it's, more succinct way of saying I tried really this. hard to get it down to two words or maybe even three. I know you like economy I think I did. Words. I, I got to remember what I wrote. Movie hey. titles with characters' names. How about just titles with names? That's... Characters but, name movies. I think it's awkward and ambiguous. All right. How about movie titles with characters' names? It's too long? Movie titles with character, character names? Movie titles that incorporate <laughs> characters' names within the title. Our top five last week was what, Ira? I don't know. Oh, I know. Harmful, Harmful technology. Tech. Harmful tech. We have a few, by the way. We got some emails. Yeah, we did. Yeah, let's take a look. You want to list off a few? Yeah, let's name some of these, shall we? Yeah. Um, we have everything here with some like the Saw and the Human Centipede. Where technology, that was technology that was designed to hurt people. So this particular writer wasn't sure if it would fit. I think that fits. I think it does too. I Human think, Centipede, yeah. Absolutely. What a That's fucked new, up movie. Yeah. You turned me on to that movie. What do you mean fucked up? It's fucked up. I thought it was a fantasy. I liked it. Fantasy of mine? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> uh, what about the Matrix movies? Yeah. Unmentioned. How, how come we didn't mention that one? Mm-mm. Wally. Well, was that? Well, I yeah. guess that was technology. I guess. Well, the harmful tech in that was was the, uh, you know, all the people who were fucking up Earth and then they left. That's right. By the way, okay. Wally. I'm just gonna give a little uh, a little preview. There's a character name movie. Wow. Wally. Yeah. Did you yeah. put that down for your top it's five? It's one of my scoops. It is. Yeah. That's I why I don't mind that burning one. it now. Um, what about? Um, well, Westworld, the yeah. original film, not well, actually, both well, I guess the, the TV new series too. as well, right? The TV series with and Blade Runner, Blade Runner, the perfect mix of AI, artificial, and robots before Terminator and the others. Hmm? So those are good. There Eternal you know, Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. That was another one. We got quite a few emails, so thank you, readers, for writing in. Readers, listeners, can we yeah. start all over? Uh, they could read. I, I, they maybe could they read. are. Maybe You're they're right. readers too. I'd like to start all over. Thank you, f- listeners for listening and writing in. It, it would imply that they know how to read if they're able to write mm, in. Good point. Hey, man, how was your week? My week was good. You know, yep. the, as per our conversation of last week, those bikes are all over the fucking place. I'm seeing more of them now. The bikes? Yeah. 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 And the like, scooters? Yeah. And you know how when you talk about something, suddenly you, you're more aware of it? Yeah. You see even more and more of them. But those electronic scooters we spoke about last week, all over the place, not just here downtown LA, but the San Fernando Valley. And I still wonder if it's in other pockets of the country, more rural areas. I don't think they've gotten there yet. You know, I live on a one-way street. Uh, I think it was last night, maybe the night before, I was coming home and I park across the street from where my building is. 
and I parked. And as I was crossing the one-way street, there was a guy flying down the one-way street the wrong way on a scooter, and he was texting. He was on his phone. And I'm going, man, alive, that's so fucking dangerous. You're oh. driving the wrong way down the street, just not even looking where you're going. And texting. And Yeah, he's texting. he was on a phone. With no helmet. No, of course not a helmet. Are you kidding me? No, nothing. Who's going to be the first person to die? First? I'm sure people have already I, died. I wonder if people have already died. They've got to have. Let's Google that. I, it, it, there's no way they couldn't have. I, I gotta. I just want to start in, infusing the homelessness into this, just so the whole thing becomes one big clusterfuck of annoyance. Yeah. Man. You know what happened two weeks ago that where there was a homeless person who picked up... You Remember hearing the story? Mm. The electric bike and... Club somebody, hit somebody over the head with it. No, but I know that was only a matter of time. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> Did the person die or was it serious injury? Or? I think serious injury only. But, you know, what a way to go. By a homeless person, clubbed over the head with an electronic scooter. I'm telling you, this thing is, it's not going to last that long. The government's going to get involved and they're going to shut them down. State or federal? Uh, probably state. No, it's not. It's it's too small potatoes for the federal government. State government will get involved and they'll tax them, or they'll do something that's like, oh, here's some sort of stupid restriction, which I don't actually like. But then at the same time, I don't like that these things are all over the place. People are acting like fucking idiots. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. what did you see this week? Any good movies? Are you saying it's time for? Some are old, some are new. We now present The Week in Review. Robert, there's a few films I want to mention to you. While I was doing other stuff on uh, TV, I was, The Guns of Navarone happened to be playing in the background. Oh, yeah. And again, in the early 60s, I think we mentioned this once before, that there were a number of World War II movies with uh, testosterone-filled men, you know, going into battle on a mission and so on. Uh, the Longest the longest Day, obviously The Great Escape, and The Guns of Navarone with Gregory Peck, David Niven, and um, Anthony Quinn, and James Darren. That was when they put singers in to get the younger crowd eager to see the film so i had that on the background there's another film that i saw called pigs pigs and the only reason is this about the cops or something no 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 it's about on a farm and the killing pig and then it gets it's a pretty fucked up movie but i want to tell you someone you know was behind this film he was one of the producers. With, it was a trauma film. And it oh. really impressed me when we were at the convention center about a year and a half ago. That was not Comic-Con. What was that event called? It was like was, LA Con. Or LA Con. That's what it was. And you recognized uh, Lloyd. What was his name? Lloyd Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman. You actually recognized him, went up with him and started chatting. I was so impressed that you recognized Ira, him the way Ira, you did. Are you saying if you walked right into Robert De Niro, you wouldn't recognize him? Right. But are you putting, saying if you saw Al Pacino, you wouldn't know right, who he was? But you're putting Lloyd hey, Kaufman there's Steve the, Martin. Right. That's and Lloyd, and Kaufman. Lloyd Kaufman. You went right up to him and started chatting with a guy, 1975, and. Uh, when the movie first was screened in theaters, they gave out free bacon in the lobby oh, awesome. to tie in with what the movie was about. I also saw, um, there's a Jack Benny film, and it's considered to be a horrible, horrible movie called The Horn Blows at Midnight. Are you familiar with that at no, all? No, I've never heard of it's it. It's a bad film that Jack Benny starred in, and Raoul Walsh, he was an important guy, and he directed this film in 1945, but Jack Benny has made fun of it in his TV series in the, in the the on the radio show and TV in the 50s, in the 60s and there was one bit he did on the old Jack Benny show where Jack Benny was going to 20th Century Fox going into the studio and he told the security guy the the 
guard. the guard at the gate. And he said, I'm Jack Benny. I, I think they want to do my life story. Have you ever heard of the horn blows at midnight? And the security guard said, heard of it. I directed it. So it was funny that That's it came so to funny. this. And it was very funny. By making fun of it, it kind of had a cult-like status. A film that's going to fit. So you watched it? Yeah. How was it? Bad. But it's Jack... Ba- it's it's It made me smile. It's a bad movie. And speaking of bad movies, I've been waiting for five days to mention this to you. We're going to call this... This goes under the category of The Rock. Uh, the Rock Award. A movie that when we initially saw it in the theater, we have fond memories of it. Right. But now, years later, man, it doesn't hold up. I finally watched Brainstorm, which I haven't seen since I saw it in the theater. You mentioned it recently about saying this. how great it was. I spoke about it. That was my memory of it. And again, I want to say this was really the first commercial film uh, to deal with virtual reality. Right. And I want to say it was directed by Douglas Trumbull, who was a, a, a whiz at graphics. And he was responsible for a lot in, two, in, in 2001 and also in um, uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. And he was a whiz kid. And he directed this film. And it was a troubled set. We know that. It went through a lot of revisions. The star was murdered. Or maybe the I should The star say, was murdered? Yeah, you know that. Natalie Wood. Oh, Maybe oh, I should oh, say oh, she oh. died. She died with mysterious circumstances. This is the one with, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Walken. Christopher, Walken. Christopher Walken was in it. It had quite a cast. Got Cliff Robertson, it. Christopher Walken. And I had such memories of them. I went to see this film, and I also want to say that... But hadn't uh, they already finished shooting it when she died? Uh, 80% of it. Lloyds of London got involved because they had that insurance policy if something happens to someone on the set. But they're making the argument they can still finish it even without Natalie. They went back and did other shots with the back of a woman's head just so they could incorporate those in the scenes yet to be shot and i want to say that douglas trumbull did that wonderful movie called silent running Mm -hmm. god i love that film he directed that years earlier so when this came out i was eager i remember i had a date it was a science fiction yarn the first major film to deal with virtual reality and i remember it saying wow wasn't that and now when i saw it a couple nights ago it was utter crap it was utter crap it was melodramatic it was cheesy it was just a, a the pacing was off it was just a bad, bad movie. And I'm nominating this film for our The Rock Awards, where a movie that we saw in the theater initially that we thought was kind of pretty good, and years later, man, it doesn't hold up. The Rock Disappointment Award. That's it. The Rock Disappointment Award. Yeah. Wow. The last movie. I have just one more. Oh, my more gosh. Movie. I know. I had a big... I mentioned this like a year ago, and it's another... Brit- it's a British post apocalyptic yarn a science fiction movie called the girl with all the gifts and you know i don't think you've heard of this no but i saw part. you're bringing up a bunch of shit i've never heard I mean, of this is good That's never i've heard of brain brainstorm, brainstorm. Right? yeah don't bother seeing it by the way so this was made in england in 2016 a lot of people compared this to 28 days later they said it's really comparable to hmm. that glenn close of all people stars in it on rotten tomatoes it does have an 85 percent so it's it's well made for what it is and um those are the movies that i saw this week your turn uh before i tell you what i saw this week i want to tell you what producer joey found oh there's an article from business insider from February of earlier this year that says, here's the title, electric scooters were to blame for at least 1,500 injuries and deaths in the U.S. last year. So there you go. Wow. I'm, I'm assuming that those injuries, injuries. Are, are more than just scraped knees. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Well, how about... Thank yeah. you, Producer Joey. I'm sure I could read down and find how many were actual deaths. How many were actually deaths, So Yeah. Did no, I'll try to find... Did die but... from being on these... Electric scooters. Something like around 1,500 deaths and injuries. You know, I like having producer Joey around. Me too. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, all right, so let me let me what tell did, you what, what you, I saw. What did you see this week? Uh, I saw a bunch of movies. I'm not going to go through all of the movies, but there are, there are a few that I want to mention and uh, and kind of get to because I I find them a little bit special. One of them was um, all right. I saw Crazy Rich Asians. Did you? And I saw Black Klansman. You did? I did. So both of these movies, <laughs> both of I'm these surprised. movies, kind of made me feel like they were going to be homework. Like they were. A little bit of like, ugh, here we go. Uh, Crazy Rich Asians was really bad. It's bad. It, I don't know why it's getting so much hype. It's, got a lot of buzz. It got a lot of buzz when it was initially released. It's a lot of stereotypes. Uh, you know, people are saying that this is doing wonders for the portrayal of Asians. It's really not. Um, it, it's it's kind of portraying them in a very negative light. So I don't I don't really see what the the benefit is there, and. I, I don't know if it was. It looked pretty. There were some really beautiful shots in it, but it, the storyline was really predictable, melodramatic. It was a lot of uh, nobody in these movies can ever fucking communicate. I realized that as I'm watching like, this guy who never tells his girlfriend anything about the family that she's about to go visit. Just he leaves his whole his whole background just a complete mystery and really throws her under the bus repeatedly. He's kind of a piece of shit when you break down this character because you know what it's about like it's about a a common everyday woman who meets this guy falls in love with him she goes to meet his family and turns out he's a really really rich guy and she can't fit in because she's not of the elite rich like hmm. old school money got it well we haven't seen that before exactly my clansman was a little better um i still felt there were several times where i'm rolling my eyes just because i felt the uh, preachiness from Spike Lee and kind of was like, all right, all right we were I robbed. Sorry. Yeah. Um, but I, there were some moments that were legitimately really good. And I, I realized in those moments, how good of a filmmaker he can be. And when he, when he does it right, he does it really well. It's just so much of this other bullshit that's getting in his own way. He's tripping over himself. So I really, I, you I know, just, it got, it got the Oscar for screenplay. It did win screenplay. Yeah, was I mean, it, I can understand that? Yeah. that. I understand why it's in consideration. I don't think that it was the the best movie of last year. I mean, it, it's it was a a B plus, so not bad. Yeah. But I don't know if it wasn't this subject matter. I just don't think that it would be getting all the accolades it was getting. Um, I also saw Seven Days in Entebbe. Do you remember this movie? I do. And did you see it? No. I think you would like it. Um, it builds to a climax of the actual um, invasion, I guess you want to say. So uh, just in case anyone doesn't know it, this is based on a true story of some Germans who paired with some Palestinians during the 1970s to uh, hijack a, an airplane that was uh, had a lot of Israelis on it, and they flew them to Entebbe in Africa, and they were basically uh, holding them hostage, and they were going to try to trade them out and Israel has a very strict we do not negotiate with terrorists policy. And so they told the terrorists that they were going to negotiate with them. And then they showed up and tried to kill everybody, all the um, the terrorists. And it worked to a large uh, extent. There were um, out of the like several hundred people that were there, uh, only four of the hostages were killed. Uh, and I say only, which is awful that those four people were killed, but it could have been much, much worse because they had hand grenades and guns and everything else. Uh, but what's really cool is the cross-cutting between the final raid and there's this interpretive dance. Like one of the 
soldiers that's doing the raid, his wife back in Israel is a dancer, and they have cut oh, this yeah. interpretive dance that they're doing uh, in Israel with the attack that we presume is happening at the same time. But the dance is really pretty cool. It's um, And the music just builds and builds and builds, and it's this slow ratcheting. Um, it does have a very slow kind of burn uh, much like you know, I've talked about that before with movies like Alien and The Shining. These movies that kind of start off slow and then build somewhere. This one definitely builds to a climax, and uh, man, that climax it pays off. I really, really enjoyed the climax. Wow. It's a good, solid like twenty or thirty minutes of just just that building of tension and that cross cutting that just adds more to it. And that was something that I also really liked with Black Klansman. I'm not sure that everybody really noticed, but there was some really nice. Uh, deep referential filmmaking that Spike Lee was doing when in Black Klansman, where the white supremacists were watching um, Birth of a Nation. And Birth of a Nation is famous for having some of the first cross-cutting between uh, what was going on in the Senate. All the black people had moved in, and they were like eating chicken and like fried chicken and stuff in the in the Senate chambers, and they were throwing trash everywhere, and they're basically trashing the Senate. And then the KKK was coming in to save the day in the movie. And so there was a lot of cross-cutting happening in Birth of Nation. Well, in Black Klansmen, there were a bunch of white supremacists who were watching that movie, and they were cross-cutting that with this meeting of the um, the Black Panther group, the, the black activists, and there was a lot of um, even building to a climax of saying black power, white power, black power, white power, kind of cutting back and forth between the two different groups. And to me, that wasn't lost, uh, and it was a, a great reference, especially since you're watching Birth of a Nation uh, play out in front of you. So an homage. Yeah. And, yeah. and appropriately done. Right. And that, in those moments I'm going, damn, that's some really good filmmaking. That's working on a few different levels. And it didn't feel that heavy handed because he's really kind of attacking both sides. Mm -hmm. At least in my mind, it was, we're being too militant to begin with, uh, for, for both sides. And, and it does start to ratchet things up, uh, politically. I just don't think that, I, I don't think that Spike Lee believes that the, the, the black side is wrong. Uh, he sees that the white side is wrong, and I would agree with him on that. But there is there is responsibility on the black power side. I think that's my own personal view. Right. Regardless, right. I thought those movies were really wow. really good. And Tebby is not a new movie. When did it? Last year. Yeah, I think it was twenty eighteen. Last year. Yeah, it was pretty recent. There's one other movie that I want to mention just real quick. It's a movie that's on Showtime, I think. It's called The Gambler's Ballad, The Legend of Johnny Thompson. Have you ever heard of Johnny Thompson before? I haven't. Johnny Thompson is kind of the magician's magician. Uh, he's a uh, real... This is a documentary, by the way. Johnny Thompson has helped all sorts of magicians develop their act. He was really instrumental behind Penn and & Teller. And uh, basically, all magicians worship at the shrine of Johnny Thompson. Uh, and he had a bit that he had done for a long time called The Gambler's Ballad. And it was what he used to close his shows. And it was where he recited a poem and it was like 52 stanzas long or something like that. And it was a poem all about these two gamblers that were kind of outdoing each other. And he was talking about, uh, you know, how they were outdoing each other. And while he's doing it, he's doing like, the, uh, he's shuffling a deck of cards and you can see some of the tricks that they were pulling on each other in the story and he's pulling it on the audience kind of showing what's happening with the deck of cards so it's a lot of sleight of hand but it's set to a poem and it's got this rhythm and pacing to it that he kind of keeps well the documentary is about 
him, his impact on other magicians, and they interview all sorts of magicians. And then in the climax, he and uh, uh, Penn Jillette wind up sharing it. So he he pulls it out of retirement. The bit had been retired. And Penn Jillette memorized half of it. And Johnny Thompson did the other half. And they did it together as a duet. And they only did it a handful of times. But it was really interesting to watch the two of them work together. Wow. And... Um, and just kind of share their respect and love for this magician. This is a documentary. Yeah, it's a documentary. Is, is, what's the name of the documentary? It's called The Gambler's Ballad. The Gambler, is, is he still alive? Yeah, he's still alive. He's old, but uh, he's been around for a long time. I like magic a lot. I saw Penn & Teller just a few weeks ago in Vegas. Did you? Yeah. I really, and I, I love that syndicated show that they have. Mm. Um, yeah. Bullshit. Uh, that was that one of them, and now it's uh, Fool Us. Oh, Fool, Fool Us, yeah. Fool Us is the other one. Yeah. And Both of those are great. They're, I love their attitude and the way they're like bad boys of magic. And they're they're playful and they're damn good magicians. One it's, of the movies I'm most excited about this year is a documentary that's coming out on Hulu. And I think I mentioned it earlier, but one of my favorite magicians is The Amazing Jonathan. You would love The Amazing Jonathan. He's really good. Uh, and we're going to visit that when it comes out on Hulu uh, in August. Uh, so I'm, I'm already putting that down as one of the films that I, I want to I I talk it. about in this podcast. Yeah. But it's supposed to be a great documentary about The Amazing Jonathan. That's He's really friends cool. with all of them too. Yeah, I still remember with Penn and Teller when, a few weeks ago, when Penn was saying that he, they hate hypnosis and mentalism. He, they hate that with a passion, right? And he he keeps saying, "There's no such thing as mental. It's a trick, goddammit! Yeah. It's a fucking trick, and you're supposed to try to figure it out." I just love that they acknowledge that, you know, that they have no tolerance for uh, Chris Angel and those guys who go believe, believe, and they hate that nonsense, right? Yeah, I well, like that. I also like their attitude of. You know, like cup and balls, you know, it would take a, a rudimentary magician could go online and figure out how to do cup and balls pretty easily. But when they do the cup of balls, they do it with clear plastic cups and you can see exactly how they're doing wow. it. And it's almost a better trick because you can appreciate the yeah. sleight of hand yeah. that they're doing. You see now exactly how they're doing all of it. And you're going, this is really cool. It, it elevates the whole thing into a different well, how do you? Plain. This is bringing up a really. And Penn and Teller were years ago, in particular, they were known for giving away the tricks of other magicians, mm. and a lot of magicians didn't like them for doing that. And also now with YouTube, the way it is, there's a lot of this is how it's done on YouTube. Right? Would you rather have the illusion of the magic, or is it more entertaining for you to know how it's done and appreciate the art that goes along with that? I think the art, man. I think I I get that there is a a portion of people that want to be fooled. Right. I, I get all of that. But I think if you if you study magic, understanding how somebody pulls that off, that's it, it, it's art. There's no other way to really describe it. It's, some, it's a little bit of engineering. It's a little bit of performance, showmanship. It's a little bit of... Um, Distraction and mirrors. Yeah, but there, there's an art to that. And if... I mean, I have some... I teach middle school boys and a lot of them have a little bit of a fascination with magic. And when you watch them, they're awful. And you realize how bad a bad magician is when, you know, you can see them trying to hold the deck in a way that their hands don't naturally move. And you're going, man, this is really bad. And I, it makes you appreciate good magicians. How did Copperfield make the Statue of Liberty disappear? They moved the camera. They just shifted the camera. Wait, over. is that really? Yeah, it's a camera trick. But it's done in front of an audience, isn't the it? The audience is in on it. Is that right? Yeah. Fuck. You yeah. didn't know that? Well, or making the elephant disappear. Same thing. Yeah. Or the jet plane. Same thing, bud. 
but they form a. I'm serious right now. They form a circle around it with people. The whole thing hands. sits on a rotation, like the, the audience and the camera all shift. Are you saying that all those people who formed a large circle around the object are in on it? Yeah. Hmm. Do you remember there was a TV show even in the '90s? It was called uh, Magic Secrets Revealed. Yeah, and it was a yeah. masked magician yeah. who yeah. came on yes. and revealed yes. all those yeah. secrets. Yeah, yeah. I used to watch that show re- religiously. I, I did. It was so funny because I can't remember who the magician was that did it, but the night that he was going to reveal himself, yeah. uh, <laughs> I remember my buddy Dave telling me about it because I was like, I was dying to find out who it was. You know, I was like, is this Copperfield or or who is it? You know, is it Black? Who could this be? And uh, is it James Randy or I don't know? And Dave, I didn't get to watch it, but the next day I was like, I was asking Dave, like, who was he? He goes, I don't know. It was some guy had ripped off his mask and he was like, I'm Enrique Montubre. <laughs> and we're like, who, yeah, who the fuck yeah, are you? Yeah, yeah. That's so, funny. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. You think it'll be more, more of a noble, a person of greater importance and importance, stature. But in reality, it's just some yeah, skinny little Jewish it's guy. Me, or Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Steve, who the fuck are you? So, anyway, that's enough about magic. Cool. Let's talk about Anna. Anna and Robert, talk us through it. All right. Anna is a um, a film about uh, a a woman named Anna in a titular role, and I do mean titular, Uh. (laughs) Uh, where she plays a spy from Russia who winds up getting... Uh, hoodwinked into becoming a spy for the United States and in the process tries to gain her own independence away from both. Nice. You know what? That was eloquent. Thanks. That was el- Did you read that? No. That's off the top that, of my head. That's that was, what happened, wasn't it? That is what happened. Can yeah. I tell you something? Say it. All right. I did not... Okay. I love Luke Besson. I did not know this was a Luc Besson movie going into it. Are you serious? I'm serious. I didn't know that. How could you not have known that? Because I purposely tried to not know, watch trailers. I know, but and it didn't say it at the top of the movie. You did not know this was a Luc Besson movie until the closing credits? No. I figured it out. When By I'm watching style, it, I'm going, shot, this, is like this Luc- has to be Luc Besson. Oh. And let me tell you what a joy that was. Because I was going, this. Uh, here's what I thought. I thought, because first of all, Bassan writes a lot of films for other people. So, for example, if you go watch like Columbiana, he wrote that, and it's basically the same plot as Leon, the professional. It, it's just a slight twist. It's kind of like an updated uh, version of that character, like if she's a little bit older or something like that. So, it's basically the same movie. And he did not direct that movie, somebody else directed it. And as we're watching this, I'm going, this feels so much. <laughs> like La Femme Nikita. This is so funny. I'm like, this is the exact same plot. And I'm going, and point of no return. This is the same shit. And then when she gets in, like on her first assignment, her gun doesn't work. And I'm going, okay, this is now either someone who is directly ripping off those other movies or this is Basson. I'm like, it's got to be Basson because it's too close. Because if, if you were directly ripping off, people would be like, dude, did you see La Femme Nikita? Because this is way too close to that and we can't, we can't re- release this to a mass audience. It's too, it's like plagiarism. So I realized at that point, Bassan had to have written it. And I went, okay, so Bassan probably wrote it. And then I heard Eric Serra's music that was so similar. He uses these like bells, the, um, like jingle bells. What do you, like the, what do you call it? Like tubular rain- bells? No, 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 no. Like reindeer bells almost. Okay. Like the, yeah, like, yeah. you know, the little reindeer bells. Yeah. yeah. 
he uses those a lot in his score. And I noticed that and I'm going, this is Eric Serra. This is, uh, this is now starting to feel like a Luc Besson movie because of the music choices. And then during the movie, I, I, by the way, I'm going to spoil it for you. I really like this movie. I liked it a lot. I knew you would like it. No question. And I have like a lot it. to say about that and why, but go ahead. But I really liked it. And I said, this is a movie that is masterfully told by a master filmmaker because you have so much complex shit going on. If you go back and watch like uh, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, that movie, do you remember that with Gary Oldman sure. from a few years ago? That movie is a really convoluted mess. It's very difficult to keep track of, of who's who's who and, and what's going on. And everyone's talking about everyone else using their last name. It's something that really bothers me uh, where you've got two characters talking about a third character and it's like, wait, who was that person? You have too many characters that are going on. This movie stripped everything down in a way that you understood what was happening the entire time. You understood where you were there were flashbacks, which even complicated things more throughout the film. And I'm telling you, it was it, it that took a, a master level director to keep all of that shit straight. Because this could have gone sideways fast. Right. Okay. Knowing you, when you're halfway through this film and you knew it was, it felt like a Luke Besson movie. I know you did you whip out your cell phone and just uh -uh. Google it real fast? No, I thought At what about point, it. But I didn't. Knowing you, you would have done that, I thought. But when did you, when did you know it was a Luc Besson film that he had directed it? You didn't really When I heard you, the Eric Serra music. The music and that just said, okay. Yeah. Well, I gotta tell you that my experience is hundred and eighty degrees opposite of that. When I went with my buddy to see it, I said, by the way, you need to know he doesn't know too much about films. And I said, You don't need to know this is a Luc Besson movie, and I rattled off all these movies, The Professional and La Femme La Quita and, and Lucy, which he loved. So I said, so we're in, for, I, so my experience was 180 degrees opposite of yours, knowing we were going to see a Luc Besson movie about a, a thin leggy uh, spy when there's going to be a lot of shooting and, and sexual titillation. Yeah, and, and by the way, so I, I realize I'm leaving myself exposed and open to criticism here because I think I've, I've built myself as a Luc Besson fan and I think, and I think I've seen all, all of his films and many people would attack me of saying, well, you're no real fan if you didn't know this was his movie. I would argue I, I'm a real fan because I didn't know this was ah. his movie and was able to identify, oh, I know I this love is that. I love You've always made a concerted effort to not be exposed to any of the reviews or feedback or do you or just want to go to trailers. I didn't even see a trailer. See, right. I just was like, okay, right. let's go see what's going on. I love that. I love that. Our experience was 180 degrees opposite. Yeah, yeah that's cool. I like this and I'm glad to hear you liked it too. I did it's too. It's getting yeah. a lot of flack. Let's talk about the flack. I, I you, think, I, so I found out after the movie, I asked producer Joey, I said, let's find out what's it doing on, on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. And she said, oh, well, okay, what do you think? And I said, well, probably like in the 80s, maybe. I said, it should be up in the 90s. And I think she said it was like in the 40s or 20s or something. Where is it? What's it's it? It's really low. It, it was really it's, surprisingly low. Really, and I yeah. said, well, this has got to be because they're accusing it of being derivative of his earlier stuff or something. Well, not only is it so derivative, I mean, some of the, okay, I like the movie a lot and so did you. Some of the arguments against the film are number one, he's doing it again. It's the same formula. We've seen it and we've seen it done better by Luke. Maybe so that's derivative. That's derivative. And the other thing is that what's been going on with the Me Too movement, what's been going on with the Time's Up movement, with the women's empowerment movement, and it's getting a backlash, a very severe backlash. People are boycotting this film and saying mean things about it because she's hot the star is hot and sexy and she's an agent and she does wear provocative clothes and we do see her in quite a few fight scenes in in black 
garters and stockings and heels and so on. And people are lashing out at that film for that reason. One, they shouldn't because she's the master manipulator of all of them. I mean, of the whole thing. Uh, she manipulated everyone. Um, and two, I think part of that is that he got wrapped up in some of that Me Too stuff. Luke Besson did. Yeah, do you know about that? Yeah. I love that you know this. I love that you know there are nine people, nine women have testified against him for um, for sexual harassment. Nine, and one person came out and actually accused him of rape. Yeah. Uh, 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 what does that have to do with a good movie? <laughs> well, I agree. I mean, I think a movie. I could, you know, I can watch Woody Allen. I can watch Roman Polanski, and and separate the art. Right. We've often talked about that separating the art the artist from the I person. think it becomes harder for me if it, if they were a murderer or something along those lines I get that he may be a sleaze and I kind of see it I do too I mean I think he definitely has a preoccupation with women and it's you think yeah I mean has he ever I don't think I can't think of any movies he's done where there might be a like I think Angel A, there was a male lead, but it was all about the female. It was like this main character who was obsessed with the female Angel. Um, There's something lecherous about. Yeah, him. I'm gonna. I was reluctant to make that sentence to you. That say that's that's quite a statement. But there's something lecherous about Luke and the films. He's he very makes. French. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. It's very European. I don't know if that's a green like, light to be a lech, but uh, don't. But, I'm not saying it is. But yes, I agree. Yeah, so he's had nine sexual harassment charges, uh, eight plus one rape, and that's what's going on right now. So um, yeah, wow. I'm glad you liked it a lot. I mean, I found it very satisfying. Yeah. It was quite a story, and it was complicated, but you were able to track it. Yeah. You were able to track it, and even the flash forward, the flash back, and it all made sense. And there were moments in there where I was really, let me just set up this one scene. I liked a lot, in the first act, where we see her... uh, Anna. Anna. <laughs> I forget her name, <laughs> the name of the movie. And um, supposedly she's in the in Moscow in a marketplace selling vegetables or something. And that's when she's... No, the Russian dolls. Russian dolls. That's what it is. And then she, she's... The man comes up to her, want to be a model and that sort of... But prior to that, she was already an agent. Right. And that was really super clever. I fell for that with the flashbacks, the flash forward, that she was already an agent prior to that gentleman getting her into the photographic world in Paris, becoming a model, and then doing more, quote, damage. We should say there are several scenes, several scenes throughout the movie where you think you see something, and then later on you realize, oh, what I saw was not quite what it appears. Uh, For example, she's supposed to assassinate a a client, and it turns out that there was a... Uh, there was a whole scene that was kind of not shown to us at the time where she is turned against the uh, against the uh, against the Russians by the Americans and just scene after scene for scene that we're not seeing which really shapes how we view the film and I thought that was really interesting right uh, I thought he really played with our perception of time and what we're what they are allowing us to see absolutely and in what order and certain certain moods and movements make us think something when in reality uh, their characters are feeling something quite different. You know, we think that she's exhausted when really she's feeling scared, right? Right, right. I, I, 
I like the film a lot. I formulated my own opinion prior to this. I took notes and so on. And then I went out of my way to read some reviews. I'm just curious about that. And man, they're lashing out of it because it supposedly objectifies women and it's exploiting, it's objectifying. Um, is it doing that or is it uh, empowerment? I think this is a good argument to say it's empowerment rather than, rather than objectification because... Her character is supposed to be a fashion model, and she is plucked up out of a crowd by someone who's supposed to find talent. So that fits her character, and everything. It's it's not gratuitous because she's supposed to be an attractive blonde. Now it becomes gratuitous for us because we're seeing her kick ass in a garter belt and you know lingerie and things like that. So it becomes gratuitous for us, the audience, and scenes that are depicted. But the character's sexiness and attractiveness is part of who she is, right? So I think, I don't think it's gratuitous. I would say it's more, um, it's it's appropriate. Oh, right. My right. Thoughts. Yeah, I agree with you. I Obviously, I agree with what you're saying. Um The director, Luc Besson, are you familiar with the cinema de Luc? the word look do you know about that it's a french wave of film and he's part of this it's from the word look and it's saying style over substance it's saying spectacle spectacle over narrative that's it where the telling of the story is perhaps grander than the story itself i think there's another name for it oh really okay i know what you're talking about yeah so and he's part of that as a director and the movies all of his movies are really glossy and beautiful to look at I do think... Can I tell you something yes, real quick on yeah. that note? Don't forget what yeah, you're going to say. Yeah. Um, I think I, I might have mentioned this to you before. Uh, when I first moved to Los Angeles, I worked at a uh, production company that was mainly for commercials and music videos. And I was going through some commercials of different people's reels. And I'd always said the most beautiful commercial I've ever seen is this Chanel Number no. 5 commercial uh, of Little Red Riding Hood, and it's it's just beautifully shot, and it's just some some gorgeous palace, and it's uh, the wolf that's chasing chasing Little Red Riding Hood, and then she's kind of got her uh, her perfume on or something like that. So uh, it's just beautiful. I was going through some footage because uh, I was the intern, and they were asking me to kind of review this or that or whatever. And as I was going through it, I came across that commercial, and I went, "Oh, this is one of their." directors that works here that shot it and i'm like who is it and i looked it up it was luke basson and i i'm going fuck wow i was able to wow. recognize wow. this guy how about that so this is not the first time yeah i've been able to pick up luke so basson twice, yes yeah. just by his when something style. i didn't know i'm, I'm just it. going this is really attractive now to be fair at that time i didn't know it was luke basson it had to be told to me but i really uh, was affected by it in a very profound way. And I, I always talked about it. And then, lo and behold, it's one of my favorite directors. That's really so, great. That's so cool. There's something yeah. about the way that he shoots things and yeah. the way that he paces things that really resonates with right, me. Right, right. I, I do want to say, we both like this movie a lot. I think I think The Professional is a better movie. Yeah, I do too. It's just better. I think part of what The Professional has is a little bit of grittiness, a little bit of... It's the... It's the... It's the rock album by a great band that was recorded just before they got big. You know what I mean? Like sure do. When, when there was still enough grit left in what they were 
um, and what they were doing, a little bit of rawness and a little bit of the, uh, a little bit of shitty recording that was going on on the album that just yeah. makes it more real and more yeah. tangible before they got too slick. So continuing with your analogy, is this more like elevator music? This no, <laughs> no, 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 it's not. This no, it's is not. not. This is still rock. It's right. still like right. okay, good. Yeah, but it's not quite what you are capable of if you actually took away a few layers. Right. And I'm sure he's thinking, oh, this is so much better than the professional. But I actually, you know, I would disagree. I think you do too. Yeah, yeah. Professional is just a, a better film. Yeah. You know, I want to mention too, the, the supporting cast, they're all great. And it was, it was a slick movie and it was just fun. It was quite a ride, wasn't it? Yeah. It really held my attention uh, for almost for almost two hours. We've been speaking a lot in the last few weeks about Helen. Helen Mirren. Yeah, you knew I, I was going to bring gonna that. Go. How could I not bring this up? And I actually criticized her because she was in that fate of the furious. Like, why would she be in that mm-hmm. film? But I'm going to say something about her role in this. It was a caricature. It was a stereotype that she was the older Russian woman with the the black hair, the thick glasses with a Russian accent, and her name was Olga. Mm -hmm. So it was almost like a wink of a cliche, but I liked it. Do you know what I'm saying? I do. It it was a cartoon a little bit. Can you appreciate that she brought some real life to it by the end of the movie? Yes, yes, yes. And you're going, wait, maybe this wasn't such a caricature? Right, right. At the end, look what she pulled off at the end. Yes, absolutely. So it was... I just enjoyed seeing her again. I know I spoke about her, I think, last week quite a bit. And we were talking about she was kind of saucy, you know, decades ago. But she's still doing these. She still has parts in these cool movies. And I just like that a lot. She was the queen in the movie The Queen. Is that right? Yeah. Look look at what she's done. I enjoyed seeing her as Olga, um, head of, not really head of the KGB, but She also is like the host of those, uh, Fred Armiston and Bill Hader do a, a TV show called Documentary Now, and it's a parody of all these different documentaries. And she does the opening hosting bit, which is, I mean, it's a very kind of, those are hip young comedians, and Helen Mirren feels very kind of uh, almost out of place. But if it was a real legitimate documentary series, Helen Mirren would be a perfect choice. So it's great casting because they're trying to parody all these documentary right. movies. And anyway, she hosts that. Right. Right. So we've, we've seen her around in more hip stuff. Yeah. More than you would think. Right, 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 right. But she ain't no Ellen Barkin. God, I keep thinking about Ellen Barkin. Man. With her sideways crazy. mouth and her rough talk. Mm-mm-mm-mm. I don't know why that's my impression of Ellen Barkin. <laughs> I am Ellen Barkin. How are you doing? Yeah. You want to make out a little bit? I don't think she talks quite like that, but I get your point. Hi, I'm Ellen Barkin. If this movie, <laughs> if, if Anna... Yeah. had been made 20 years ago uh, prior to the Me Too movement. Prior I, to The Matrix. It would have a higher Rotten Tomato score. It would be gold. There it would you go. Be... Bingo. Bingo. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is still a good movie. It's a solid, solid film. Some critics compared it to that Jennifer Lawrence movie. What was that one Red called? Red Sparrow. Yes, Red Sparrow, which I never saw. Did you see it? Um, no, but... I've got it right here. Oh, let's watch it. <laughs> yeah. Um, which evidently fell flat and didn't do well, even though it was yeah. with Jennifer Lawrence and stuff. They compared to that. If this movie, Anna, had been made 15 or 20 years ago... Can I tell you on. something Go that ahead. I had heard? Can I share a Hollywood rumor that Please, I heard? Please, let's hear it. Do you remember a few years ago about... Do you remember the fappening? Do you remember this? That was the nickname to when the huge release of stolen cell phone pictures came out of... 
people like Jennifer Lawrence. There were a bunch of people and their cell phone cell phones have been hacked and all these naked pictures of them were released on the internet. Do you remember right. this? Vaguely. Go ahead. Only do vaguely. Don't, don't act like know. you didn't rush to your computer and okay. check this out. Anyway, it was like two or three years ago that like it was just dozens of um of celebrities and their pictures were released on the internet naked. Jennifer Lawrence was one of them. And I guess recently people have said that instead of all of their cell phones getting hacked, it was Harvey Weinstein's cell phone that got hacked. And he had all these pictures <gasps> of them. And I guess Jennifer Lawrence has been really buddy-buddy with uh, with Harvey Weinstein. And apparently like he had kind of done a tit-for-tat kind of thing with her. This is the scuttlebutt. This is not fact. This is all conjecture. But a lot of the ways that she got some of the roles that she got and a lot of the prestige and the, the Oscar buzz was from dealing with Harvey Weinstein. Oh, no, not Jennifer. Jennifer. And now that he's out of the picture, she's suffering because of it. And that's also, I don't know if you remember last year, she uh, tried to, she kind of retired from acting right when the Harvey Weinstein shit was going down. And she remember she retired. She was going to focus on politics for a while. Do you remember her talking about this? This was right around when Harvey Weinstein stuff started breaking. Right. And she was... I thought it was also because she broke up with her boyfriend who yeah. had, did mother, mother, right? And they had a nasty yeah, breakup. But this is, thought, it's right around okay. the same time. Yeah. But things were just getting really bad uh, because of Weinstein. People were asking questions because they knew that they were there was a relationship that was going on there. Wow. So how about that? Wow. Well, we don't know if it's true. No. Nope. I don't care. I still like Jennifer, even if she had... Harvey's cock in her mouth. You probably like it more because <laughs> he's Jewish. <laughs> We're kind of embarrassed about that. Um, it's a fun movie. What a ride it was! And it, Are you it, talking it, about Jennifer Lawrence? No. <laughs> what a ride she was. Is but um, it had quite a payoff too. Even yeah. even even the scene in the park. What I think I need you to set this up <sighs> where we had CIA and KGB in the whole. With, so the climax go, go, of this yeah. movie is. Really, look, anybody who tells you I saw where this movie was going, I, they're full shit. Like, there's no way that you could predict what's happening. And that's what I don't like about a lot of the reviews from what I can tell. I didn't read a bunch of them, but they seem intellectually dishonest. There's no way you could figure out where this movie's going to zig or zag because it does it so much. But basically, Anna has has been a double agent and we don't even know who she's loyal to. That's we don't right. know if she's loyal to the Russians or the Americans or what. And she winds up... And you know, in a way, it doesn't matter. It kind of doesn't. It kind of doesn't matter. Go ahead. And she winds up getting both of them to meet her in this park on such and such date. And she's also found one person on both end that she's fallen in love with and slept with. And we don't even know if that's real. But she gets them to both of them to show up at the same park on the same date, knowing that the full KGB was going to be behind this one guy and the full CIA was going to be behind the other guy. And of course, this leads to really funny, dramatic, tension-filled moments. And it's, guns pointed. Yeah, guns it was great. Pointed. It was just great to have this cool. standoff. Absolutely, I loved it. Yeah, I I loved it. This is a solid movie. I thought so too. Nice. Way better than Valerian, whatever that 
piece of shit was. I didn't see Valerian. No, you don't. I didn't see it. That was a mess. Okay. Good. Yeah. Yep. The critics have been uh, super harsh with this film, but um, now the best thing he could do. I, first of all, I think they're also harsh on because of his name being brought up in the Me Too movement. Right. The best thing he can do is just keep making movies. Just keep doing what you're doing. I do find a lot of his stuff to be derivative, but it's fun. Yeah, that's it. Sure, it's derivative. So How what? could it not be? Look at the pattern of the movies he's made. I mean, he's but remade He's remade The Professional, La Femme Nikita, and um, uh, The Fifth Element a few yeah. times. What were you going to say, Producer Joey? Columbiana. Columbiana is is The Professional. Just I see. It's just a different spin on it. I see. But Lucy, well, that's... Well, that's unique. Fifth Element, I that's think. Fifth Element. I mean, so kind of. With a little science fiction right. edge to it. Right. I mean, right. maybe a, a mix of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, Fifth Element meets uh, Little Femme Nikita. You know, you've got a little bit of those crossing into each other. That same kind of thing over and over and over So again. maybe he is a one-trick pony, but he's so damn good at it. I'd say he's a three-trick pony, but I love his tricks. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll sit there and watch him. Yeah. And by the way, Anna. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I knew that well, was coming. Well, how can it not come up? Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Money shots? I, I knew yours is going to involve a lot of legs. How can it not? You see the movie, yeah, it's all true. about her legs. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think for me, the money shot is going to be when she, I don't know why, when she comes out, uh, she's supposed to kill this guy and chop off his finger and she comes out of the apartment where he is staying or the, the hotel room. And she just kind of leans up against the wall and takes a beat for herself. We see it through some surveillance footage. We see her just kind of lean against the wall and just breathe for a minute. And I don't know why, but that really kind of touched me. I felt good. I felt like a bond with her character. Are you saying before she goes in to actually remove the thinker? No, this is, is like it? after she's done the job and she's kind of, I see. she takes a beat afterward and okay. she's like, oh, and yeah. then she continues on. Yeah. Also, I, how could it not be the shot when she first meets, meets her girlfriend at the modeling agency where she's sitting on top of a dryer brushing her yeah. teeth, which is fucking weird uh, and very highly suggestive. You think? Yeah. Yeah. Worked for me. <laughs> I bet it did. <laughs> What do you got? My money shot, it's not so much a shot, it's more of a sequence. It's in the first act of the film where she has to go in and assassinate the bad thug and um, unbeknownst to her, there's no bullets in her gun. She goes into the restaurant. And that whole sequence, it it turns out to be this incredible showpiece of of violence and she starts shooting it up. It's it's beautifully choreographed. Orchestrated, choreographed. And it it actually reminded me of, remember in, uh, we saw Atomic Blonde and there was that one sequence going down the stairwell, but that stairwell was one shot. Right. This wasn't, this one, this was multiple shots, but I just like the way it was all pieced together. It was quite operatic. Can I just say, all of these action sequences are a little too fast. They need to slow down just a little bit. They're trying to be fast to be extreme, but you actually get lost in the confusion and you're just going, I don't know, somebody got beat up, but I didn't even see how. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, maybe everybody's been watching too much Jackie Chan or something. Yeah. Because yeah. It's, it's just a We're little she's too fast. She's doing cartwheels. She's upside down and kicking. It's too much. Right. Too frenzied. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, just slow it down right. by a notch Agreed. or two. Agreed. 
but it's still an incredible set piece. That sequence in the restaurant was mm. really something to behold. Yeah. And that that would be my uh, my money shot. That's cool. In in Atomic Blonde, you knew exactly what I meant when oh, I said the stairwell. It's my money shot. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and that went on too. for many, many minutes. Minutes, yeah. It was all one take going down that stairwell. And I don't think it actually was one take. I, I know. think they spliced I know. it together, I think it was but done, it yeah, felt computer like one take. It felt like one take. Yeah, it was right. really nice. Right. So that's that's mine. Yeah, nice. I'm glad to hear you liked the movie as much as you did. Yeah, I did. I, it was, I was, uh, what's great. wrong with it? Well, I thought it was a fan. Can, no, yeah, can you appreciate that uh, That she, what's what's the, uh, the yeah. actress's yes, name? Yes, let's get her name. She's a Sasha Luss. Yeah. She did a really great job. She she was a really wonderful actress in this. I know. And you know she's primarily a model. Right. In the real, yeah. yeah. And had very little acting experience and then did this. And she's I thought too, that's part of what clued me in that this had to have been directed really well. Like this is someone who knows how to take people who, uh, because I'd never seen her before, but she was very beautiful. And has presence. Right. So that means... She has to come from the modeling world. There's right. no other way right. that she's going to be, right. she's going to be able to carry a film like this if she's a legitimate actress. She didn't come from Mickey Mouse Club and like work her way up. Right. And I've never fucking heard of her before. Right. right. So, I, I I realized this is someone who's tall. She looks like a model, and yet she's acting really well. And I said, this is a good director. Yeah. Someone who knows. In this scene, here's what you're feeling. Let me get you there, and you do your job. So say whatever you want about Luc Besson and his personal life. Uh, and I might even agree with you and back you up, but he knows how to direct. The Absolutely. man knows how to direct a film. And this is a great testament to that. Like he, He's pulling off a lot here. This is a very complicated uh, attempt. So. The, you were saying the movie was complicated. Yeah. You know, yeah I mean, and it is, but you were able to get it though. Yeah. It yeah was, we were, I, we I never felt confused. I didn't, I didn't feel, feel confused either. I never felt bored. It didn't feel, and it helped us with the flash forward, the flashback. Yep. It helped, the, and it all made sense. He allows the audience to discover things That's on their right. own. That's he right. doesn't spoon feed it to you, but yet uh, he doesn't make it so difficult that you can't understand what's happening. That's right. I think that's a tell of a really good filmmaker. It's beautifully shot too. Yeah. There's a lot of really great, beautiful moments in it. Yeah. Did you masturbate during the movie? Uh, only twice. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, my refractory period kind of. I understand. You know. Anti-wave. What do you think? Let's. <laughs> okay. Is this anti-wave? <laughs> okay. Reasons why it is anti-wave. Oh, we're going to do the is first. Okay. You want to do the nots? All right. Why is it not anti-wave? Okay. Hel Helen Mirren? Hel seriously? Because the stars... The other actors have done stuff. Cillian Murphy? They've done other things. Yeah. Even though there's not... We don't have a whole crop of A-list Hollywood celebs. We don't. Uh, except Helen is highly regarded. Right. Helen is probably the biggest Helen's name. Helen's the biggest name in the movie. And, of course, the, the director is an A-list director. I mean, I guess Luke Evans is getting there. He is. I've looked him up because I, I wasn't all that familiar with him, but he's done quite a bit of stuff. So that certainly is an argument why it's... Mm, not terribly anti mostly because of Luke Besson would suggest it's not really anti-wave you've got an established well I kind of said at director. the beginning of the movie this is a foreign film disguised as a Hollywood film but turns out to be an independent film I mean this is <laughs> kind of all of them in a way it's got pieces of everything which does make it feel more anti-wave the, the fact that there's so much that's uh, that's happening it's not man and I just keep thinking about in the hands of a lesser director, this movie would have be been muddled, be a muddled mess. It'd be a muddled mess. Absolutely. Don't you think? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So having said that, what makes it an 
anti-wave film. Mm. I can I can tell you. Well, I think the fact that we are left with a bunch of twists and turns and we don't know exactly where it's going to go, that puts it a, more in the anti-wave camp than the, right. than the typical streamlined Hollywood film. Right. What do you think? A, there's a lot of killing. She kills a lot of people in this film. I don't. I disagree. I think Hollywood films, they kill a lot. Okay. How many people died in The Rock, Ira? I don't, I'm never going to see that movie again. Yeah, but... <laughs> You know, you should she, get the the Double Rock Award. You should go back and watch The Rock and appreciate how good it is. That's very funny. <laughs> that's very. Here's what I jotted down. That here we have a spy and agent. Not only so much that she kills a lot of people, but she's just changed sides. She does change sides, and she fucks an important person from KGB, an important person from CIA, which brings up where's her loyalty, mm-hmm. and that to me is anti wave. I think also the fact that it's a Russian woman. I mean, typical Hollywood films would never depict Russia as being the hero or being positive in any sort of way. This would be, uh, that in itself makes it a little bit more anti-wave. And that certainly feels more French, something that's a little bit more right. um, of neither world. And it, you can feel the, the French influence there of like, all right, it's Russia and America. Right. And we'll just pit these two giant bulls against each other. It's interesting, and I wanted to ask you this question. Ultimately, where is her loyalty? Whose side is she on really, really? I don't know. And I'm not... I mean, I will say this. The Americans never really fucked her over. They were actually trying to help her out. She just didn't do what the agreed-upon thing was. They were there to help her. Right. Uh, She kind of said, screw you to the Americans. The Americans might have actually kept their end of the deal. Now, I wonder if that was done on purpose, especially in front of an American audience who's going to go see this. And they're basically saying, oh, no, the CIA is not going to be, they're not going to fuck her over. But hmm. I don't know. I'm going to say, like, right down the middle. I'll give this movie, like, a five mm-hmm. in terms of anti-wave. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It, it's got some anti-wave stuff, but it's got some Hollywood stuff. It's a pretty good blend of both, honestly. Right, right. I mean, yeah. you've got yeah. some lesbian action going on. That certainly makes it a little more anti-wave. It does, it does. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just open sexuality as well. I was giving it like a 5.7 only because of questioning her loyalty and who side and the fact that she does fuck leader from each of the two sides. That's that's smarmy. She fucks and then she fucks over. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Yeah. I like this movie. Huh. Whew. How about can't, that? I can't wait for the Blu-ray. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, who died this week? Got to tell you, unfortunately, most of the following people, they done turned to dust. You know, again, I want to make an appeal to all the people in the industry to hurry up and croak already because it's a very short list this week. I know, that's kind of fucked so, up, man. Yeah, it is, but that's why. Okay. Uh, Kirk Douglas. Hey, you're in the industry. Two people. You got producer Joey giggling on that one. She did? Yeah. Did she giggle? Uh, Kirk Douglas. He died. Oh, really? He was an important guy. He did a lot of movies. What did he do? I don't know. But the golden age of cinema. He's been around for a long, long time. He's a Jew. He's dead. Wow. Yeah. However, having said that, the Silver Spotlight Award goes to Maurice Benichel. Maurice Benichel. Just say it fast and you're good. Yep. 76-year-old French actor. Normally, we wouldn't mention this, but he was in a a beloved French film, uh, Amelie. And so he was in that film, but he's dead. Amelie? Uh, what did I say? Emily? Emily. Uh, Amelie. Yeah. Amelie. Amelie. He's dead. And that's it. 
Uh, those that's it? Only, that's it. No one else died. So putting out the call to all you people in the industry, I want to have more names next week. Now, how are you going to feel if everybody starts dying this week and you're going, Like what? I caused that? Yeah. Look, the guilt. Oi, the guilt. Oi, the, the guilt. guilt. Amelie. By the way, did you put down Amelie as your top five? I did. Movie titles with names? I did not. Oh, I but I not. bet it's a scoop. I, I have it as a scoop. I have it as a scoop. Okay, all right. Yeah. Hey, man, you want to play a game? A game. Let's do it. What game are we doing this week? This game is called I Spy. I like that. I Spy. Yeah. Because yeah. it's yeah. spy movies. It's a spy movie. Producer Joey has put together descriptions of spy movies. Yes. And we need to figure out which one she's talking about. Or if they're fake. Oh, no, this is not real or unreal. It's not real or unreal. So we're going to get, I see, we're going to get a synopsis. We have to identify the movie by title. Exactly. Okay. This movie. Two best friends become entangled in an international conspiracy when one of them discovers their ex was actually a spy. Two best friends become entangled in an international conspiracy when one of them discovers their ex was actually a spy. You know, your wife is going to give us a hard time because last game we did, we really beat the crap out of her. Remember mm-hmm. that? We just mm-hmm. we just smothered her. Yeah, we just fucked yeah, her. We fucked her over, didn't just we? Just like we right raw, in the raw, raw, raw. But she's going to get even with us with this game because these are going to be difficult and obscure and she's going to beat the crap out of us this time. What was the one... The What's that Falcon? It's from the early oh, 80s. Falcon the Snowman? Yeah. Was that what that one was about? It's been too long since I've seen it. They were friends. Oh, well... Huh. Falcon and the Snowman. Falcon and the Snowman? Let's go with it. All right. Where's Joey? Oh, we have the answer here? We got the answer here. She, The spy who dumped me. <laughs> listen to that cackle. Fuck you, listen Joey. To, listen to that laugh. That's a cackle the other... Yeah. The yeah, spy yeah. who dumped me from 2018. Can we get a different producer? Was that the... Uh, was that the one... Oh, that's the one with... Uh, what's her nose in it? With uh, Mila Kunis, right? Who we got here? Mm, I like her. I have a crush on her. Mila Kunis and Kate McKenna. Hmm. All right. All right. Let's do another one. <clears throat> a brilliant young CIA trainee is asked by his master to help find a mole in the agency. Okay. I think I know which one this is. Was this the recruit? It's the one with Al Pacino and... Oh, who's the guy who's always an awful actor? Um, the fuck's his name? It's called The Recruit. I'm almost positive. All right, that's it? Yeah. I got nothing to what, say, so let's hold just on. go with well, The guy who's in Phone think. Booth. Who's the main guy in Phone oh, Booth? Oh, I know who you mean. He's a really bad actor. He's got the mole on his face. Not De Niro. The other bad actor has got a mole on his <laughs> face. Producer Joey... Can Google that for us? <laughs> no, nah, I'll look All it right. up. All right. All right. Let's go with The Recruit. Do you have anything better? No, I got nothing. And the answer is? The answer is... The answer is The Recruit. He did it. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. It's good work. Nice job. Yeah, nice job. Uh, there, what the fuck's his name? Hang on. Yeah, you want to get that guy's name. It's uh, Colin Farrell. That's right. Colin Farrell. Yeah. Does he have a mole? Yeah, he's got a mole. Does he have a mole? Okay. Right? Hang on. Okay. You're going to look at a picture of Colin? Yeah. Let me pull it up. Why don't you filibuster while I do that? Okay, want to see me tap dance? And the answer is, let's see, see a picture. Can you, can you see a picture of him? Is there a mole? 
Yeah. Right there. Oh, see, he's oh, got the I mole. do see. He's got a mole. Yeah. You think he'd have it surgically removed? Can I tell you something? What? Um, this weekend, I met some woman who had a gigantic mole on her chin. And was there a hair growing out of it? No, but there might as well have been. It was massive. It was a big mole. And I was like, I, when we were, producer Joey and I met her together. And when we were done, I was like, can you imagine all of the teasing and taunting this woman has gone through for her entire life with this thing? Like, that didn't just grow. That had to have been there for her entire life. And she never thought to get it removed. Well, let me ask you a question. Did she appear to be uh, economically oppressed? No, not at all. Then shame on her for not having it done. Shame on her for not getting her mole removed. Yeah, yeah. I really I don't want. Get that. Do you remember from Uncle Buck when the 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 principal <gasps> is like yelling at him do, and he goes, "Here's a quarter." He flips a quarter out. He goes, "Here's a quarter. Go downtown and have a rat and all that thing <laughs> off your face." <laughs> I do remember that. Anytime I see a giant mole on somebody's face, that's what I want to say. That's very funny. That's very funny. But I mean, sometimes people who are, you know, economically oppressed and they can't afford it and they don't have insurance, but this person looked like oh, yeah. she... She could have afforded it. Isn't that amazing that they don't have it done? You just like want to go up to her and bitch slap her and say, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you, lady? Look in the mirror. I would not do that. I would just go up and rip the mole off. Just rip it off. <laughs> and then you'd eat it. <laughs> no, I'd chew it. I wouldn't swallow. Then you spit it out. Yeah, i spit it Got out. It. You know, like a man. Like a man. Yeah. Okay. We have All another right. one. So Number scores th- scores one to one. One to one. A New York City advertising executive goes on the run after being mistaken for a government agent by a group of foreign spies. Wow. A New York City advertising executive goes on the run after being mistaken for a government agent by a group of foreign spies. The advertising executive oh, yeah. feels like what's his name? Um, no, uh, defending your life. What's his name? Um, oh, what def- no, I don't know who you mean. Uh, the guy who did defending your life and uh, uh, what's the America? Fucking. So why can't I? I this happens every episode. Hmm. Every episode, I can't remember somebody's name. All right, we're thinking of the actor or the, the director? writer, director, the writer. and actor. Hmm. He's he was Jewish, not Woody Allen, but a Woody Allen type. Um. Hmm. Lost in America. What's his name? Oh, well, I know. Uh, he, wait, didn't he just died? <laughs> he did, and he's got a brother. No, that's Kirk Douglas. No, and he's got a brother. His brother died. Yeah, he didn't die. No, whatever. Um, uh, Super Dave. Yeah, Super Dave Osborne. Yeah, but his brothers. That's not. That's not his Einstein. Bob Einstein. Yeah. Yeah. Einstein is their real last name. That's correct. And it would have been Albert. Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks, thank you. See, it comes from Albert Einstein. Did you see how I, we did that thread? Oh Albert gosh. Einstein, he gets to Albert Brooks. Literally, I'm sweating right I now. Know. Okay, we got, we got it. I got your back. We got it. So, you're saying this sounds like an Albert Brooks. The Al- it does sound like. You're right. That kind of Jewish stick, nebbish. Yeah. Kind of, you know. Yeah, you're right. I think they the, there's a third brother. There, there was. Really? Yeah. Uh, Super Dave was in the entertainment industry. And. Uh, Albert Brooks was right. in the entertainment industry, and then I think another one was an advertising agent, and so he always uses that as his oh. writing for. But I can't. I don't think he ever did any spy movies, did he? I don't remember him doing something like that. This feels like a comedy. Yeah, it sounds like like an Adam Sandler vehicle or something. It sounds a New stupid. York City advertising executive goes on the run. That's the part that feels comedic to me. Uh, after being mistaken for a government <coughs> agent 
by a group of foreign spies. I have no idea. <gasps> Wait a minute. Do you know? What's the one with Matt Damon where they're like running through all the doors? I love that movie. What's it, it called? Something Bureau. Something Bureau. It is something. What's the word that comes the before Citizen Bureau? Bureau? No. Um, the Something Bureau. Producer Joey. <laughs> something Bureau. It's a good movie. Because Emily Blunt was in it. A, that's why I like it. I have a that's crush why on you her. know what it is. The Something Bureau. Fuck. Investment? Ad- adjustment. Adjustment. Uh, the Adjustment Bureau. Is that what it's called? Is that what it's called? I think so. Adjustment Bureau. I don't know. That's all I got. Yeah. Uh, that's, the, that's the movie that's jumping that's, out. That's not a, But no. I don't think he was an advertising no. agent. Hmm. What do you think? That's not. No, no. Um. I, I'm not coming. I got nothing. Is there an Adam Sandler spy movie? The Spy Who Shagged Me or something? No, that's not what it is. I think we should give up on this one. All right. Well, well it's just going to be Adjustment Bureau. Adjustment Bureau. Bureau. Let's it, try it. Okay. I got nothing else. The answer is? Sorry. The answer is? Colin Fair. Oh, wait. North by Northwest. Oh, my gosh. That's not you a comedy what, at wait, all. You know what? That's really good. No, Nicely cu- done, kudos, Mr. Joey. Kudos to Joey. Joey, well played. That that is what it's about. Isn't impressive. It? Look impressive. how we thought it was a comedic thing, and that just got us way it off does, track. It's what it sounds. It like. sounds like that, but that is what that movie was about. All right, North by Northwest. Woo, good good job. job. All right, we got one more. One more. I think our our best We're bet to tie her. Yeah, yeah. Scores two to one. Okay. <clears throat> Here we go. Two bumbling government employees, bumbling, it's already got to be a comedy. Uh, two bumbling government employees think that they are U.S. spies only to discover that they're actually decoys for a nuclear war. Spies like us. I was going to say spies like it's us. Spies I've like never us. seen it, but it's. Is that That's it? what it is. I'm almost yeah. positive. All right, let's find out. And it is spies like yeah. us. Two to two. Do we have a tiebreaker? Two to two. Producer Joey, can you whip together a tiebreaker? I already saw your test one, so I can't use that one. All right, so we'll see if maybe okay. we can get a tiebreaker. Right, break this tie. It's, it's two to two, so we'll give Producer yeah. Joey a chance to kind of come up with something. Yeah, good, good. I sent it to you. Oh, you already sent it. Okay. All right, done. Let's, let's see. All right, here it is. <clears throat> We're going to beat the crap out of you. A ruthless that. German spy trying to get out of Britain with vital information about D-Day must spend time with a young woman and her crippled husband. What the fuck? A ruthless German spy trying to get out of Britain with vital information about D-Day must spend time with a young crippled woman, a young woman and her crippled husband. Joey, can you send us another one? (laughs) A ruthless German spy with information about D-Day Hmm. We got anything? I got nothing. It's obviously a World War II movie. Right. My Left Foot? That's not what it was about, right? I'm trying to think of like crippled husbands. Who's crippled? Is the wife crippled? The husband is crippled. Um, Man, what is this? Is this a mainstream movie? Uh, She she says... That she read the book, it's not obscure. There's a book. It's based on a book, Ira. Yeah, like, that's going to oh, help me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> You're well read. 
if it's I not, don't if know. it's not To Kill a Mockingbird, I can't help it all. <laughs> <laughs> You've read one book. Yeah, yeah. It's To Kill a yeah, Mockingbird. That's it. That's it. Over and over. Yeah. Um, no, I got nothing. I, she, your wife is going to beat us. Your wife is going to beat us. How does that make you feel? Fuck Emasculated. That. She said she read it in high school. Hmm. Wait. Do you remember the moon is down? The moon is down. Do you know that? No. The I taught it in high school, and it was World War II. Would that be weird if I got it? Steinbeck, a... Steinbeck wrote it. The moon is down. It was about occupation, Germany. I don't think that was. It good. was about a spy. No, but it was a World War II movie. <laughs> did they make it book. into a movie? Yes, they did. It's called The Moon Is Down. By the Steinbeck. Moon Is Down. Yeah. Do we have anything else? Fuck it, I got nothing. All man. right, let's go with it. You sure you want to do this? What else? What are our options? Okay. <clears throat> the movie is Eye of the Needle. What I, the fuck? I, I saw that movie. You saw it? I did. I saw it at a screening when my aunt took me because my uncle used to belong to the Academy. That's mm-hmm. Don, Donald Sutherland. A Donald Sutherland movie. It was a spy movie. It was really interesting. You know, I heard he plays. <laughs> so there was all about a cripple person. Yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, man. You were about to say the same thing. Yeah, I was. I, heard, I, was, I was going for the, going same, for the joke. same joke. <laughs> a ruthless German spy trying to get out of Britain with vital information about D-Day must spend time with a young woman and her crippled husband. I saw... It's actually a good movie. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Good job, Joey. Wow. Producer Joey. Kudos. Y- you win this time. Yeah, wait till next week. This time. Just wait. Let's do top five. Top five and hit it, Vern. It's time to give a listen, you little creeps, to our top five. Our top five this week is top five character name movies. <laughs> character name movies. I think you need me to say movie titles with characters' names. You really think that's better than what I said? <laughs> oh, boy. You know what? What? There's a lot of them. I was, this was nuts. When you pitched this to yeah, me. Yeah, I pitched it. And I thought I had second thoughts. I, I was thinking, okay, there's a handful of these. I thought that, too. And then, and then I started going through it going, there's a fuckload of too these. many. And you know what I realized? Most movies, <coughs> most, are about, are titled one of three things. They're either titled the name of the main character, right. the occupation of that character, like what they do. So like the Wizard of Oz, you know, something that describes what that character does or what they're trying, or a theme in the movie. There's a few films that don't. But those films are very rare, and usually they're about some sort of MacGuffin, you know, that that also happens, like right? Thirty nine steps or something like that. But they're usually either a theme in the movie, a character's name, or the character's role. That's interesting. Like I think that's, the accountant or right. something like that. I think you know? that's largely correct, with exceptions. A, a few yeah. exceptions, yeah. but yeah. I, as I was looking through these, I'm going, "Fuck, man! This is every movie is named either." Their name, or the like, the, the role that they have, or what the theme is of the movie. That's interesting. What about Thirty Love? That would be. I, that's a sh- shady exception. It is. To it. it is. Yeah. It's kind of like well, there that is kind of a theme, but also not a theme. It's kind of there, that works on a couple different levels. There's and like two or three. Levels. I was also thinking, what about Jaws? Is Jaws the name of the shark? No, Bruce. Well, that well, was that's the they name of the, it. I know when, when they, they filmed, filmed it. it. They never name the shark. No, but it's a great one-word title that says it. Isn't that weird? No, that's really yeah, and it became what an thing. unusual title. Yes, my entire life, whenever I've heard the the name Jaws, I was just like, oh, that's the shark. You just you just got it yeah. instantly. But that that's not really. They never 
say the they word don't jaws it at all they don't say wow look at them jaws it's not referenced in dialogue <laughs> and when you really think about it wouldn't it be like teeth wouldn't that be the the more but jaws somehow works better. it does it does the fact that it's one word one syllable is really hot. Well, teeth and is one word, one syllable. I know that, but Jaws. Yeah. Jaws is it more. Just, it does. It it's works more, better. It's more, what's the word I'm looking for? I think for? the W really helps. You know, the the W looks sharp. Mm-hmm. Oh, like teeth. Yeah. Yeah. So. The point is, I sent you a text yesterday saying, hey, maybe we should do something else. Like, there's too many of these names. Maybe we should do movies with garters. <laughs> I'm sure you would love to do that. I would have loved that one. Yeah. I know. I, I was playing with that one. Yeah, you should have done but, it. I know. Yeah, I should have. Yeah. Um, but at any rate, Ugh. so many movies. We're not going to overlap. No. We're not. We're not. I'm predicting we're not going to overlap. I but could I try see to us overlapping with, on one. I try to come up with unique ones. Did you make an effort to come up with unique or I go for the did. obvious? I did. There's a few that I'm like, I got to put I mean, this on but like there. When I was, you know, Rocky. Uh, oh, that's so. my number one. It's not. No. No, it's not. But you know, there's like so many. And before I knew it, I had 40. Like I had to put Corky Romano on here. Corky Romano? I know what Corky Romano is, yeah. Um, okay, but having said all that, man, there's a lot of them. Yeah. Whittling it down to our top five. And uh, Robert, you want to kick off? No, you go first. I'm going to go first. Yeah. It's a movie I liked a lot, and you thought it was just so-so. Uh, it's a Peter... I, I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but I've got to get this in there because I love the film. And it's a 1998 Peter Weir directed it. And uh, and the character's first name, which is not in the title, is is Burbank. Burbank is his first name? But it's not said... It's, it's the Truman Show. Oh. Actually, Burbank is last name. Right? Truman... No, it's Bur- Truman Burbank. Oh, it's, I think that's his last name. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and anyway, yeah, okay, the Truman yeah, Show. The Truman Show, it's his name, and I I like that movie a lot more than you. I know that... Jim maybe Perry, that's a movie I need to revisit. May, or maybe yeah. it'll fall into our the rock category, and it'll be even worse than you remembered it. You know, we, need, we should start a new segment on the show called I, Homework, where... Uh, we get an assigned movie of like, look, this week you need to go back and check out this movie that you I haven't like seen that. in a long time. Actually, I like that as a new category. Yeah. I just want to say, not in Jim Car- Carrey, Ed Harris, and uh, Laura Linney. I like her a lot. And the, the ending of that film, I saw it in the theater when it came out, and I was just blown away by it. And I've seen it since quite a few times on TV. It just speaks to me on some level. I love The Truman Show. That's my number five. I guess part of my problem with that movie is similar to Forrest Gump, where... It was good. I enjoyed it, but there was just so much hype about it that yeah. it really kind of ruined it. Isn't that weird how movies like that, you're like, just stop. Everybody chill out about this fucking movie. It's not that good. And it ruins the whole thing for you. And there's, I that think everybody happened with has you that. in Fight Club. Yeah. That happened with yeah. Fight Club also with you. I yeah. know. It, good movie, but just all of these fanboys that just go nuts over Yeah, yeah. Um, all right. My number five is a movie from 2013. Um, it's a movie I don't think that you've seen. It stars one person, and the movie uh, centers around him driving in a car the entire time. It's a movie called Locke. Have you seen Locke? Never heard of it. It stars Tom Hardy, and it's him making phone calls the entire time. That's all the movie is. Uh, and yet, it's really good. Locke? I, Locke. And the is movie's, he locked in the car? No, that's his name, Locke. Oh. Uh, and he is driving from um he's driving from he's a construction manager and he's driving from the the place where they're doing construction to London and he's got all of these different personal issues that are going on and he's solving all of them one phone call at a time and uh it's a really interesting kind of character study it's a cool little film all it is is just Tom Hardy in a car for 
an hour and a half. Wow. That's interesting. But it's a cool movie. Definitely worth checking out. It's one of those movies that if you catch, you're going, what the fuck is this? And you keep, like, especially if no one explained it to you, if it was just kind of, uh, you start watching it, you're going, this, I'm really uncovering a cool movie here. That's, remember we were talking once about movies that would take place in one locale, mm-hmm. in one set, and that would be this movie. Yes. Although the background would change when you're looking out the windows. Sure. But we're inside the car, car yeah. interior the entire time. And it's time. shot really well. I mean, wow. you kind of have to shoot really well in, in one location movies. Uh, otherwise, it gets too boring and stale. So check nice. out Locke. All right, what do you got? I have a question for you. Are the rest of yours, numbers one through four, human beings? Are they all, are all of yours human beings? Yes. However, some of my scoops are not. Got it. Okay. I think I mentioned this like a year and a half ago. And this is, a, I'm going to mention a 1954 black and white science fiction movie called Tobar the Great. Tobar is a robot. And it's robot backwards. Tobar. Tobar. T-O-B-A-R. I get it. Okay. And that, that movie, I remember watching it at home, staying up late. My parents thought I was sleeping. The black and white flickery image. Oh, sorry. Is this going to be a, a rock rewatch award winner? <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it would be. It'll get the trophy for sure. And um, and it was all about how dangerous it is to send uh, test pilots, uh, pi- actually not just pi- into outer space. And so they were building a robot to do that. But then the bad people, the commies got a hold of Tobar. But then we got it back for the and the last shot. Did Anna help with that? Anna. And she was with wearing garters? black garters. Yeah. The last shot is Tobar piloting this plane going into outer space and the narrative saying that now mankind can observe the cosmos, can bravely go where no one has gone before, can explore. It is our destiny. It is our unknown. It is us. Wow. I just made that up. Tobar. <laughs> did, we, did we feel an emotional connection to Tobar? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying, did he have emotions or was oh, he just standard robot? Yes, because there's also a kid in the movie and they bonded. So here you have a robot with Got heart. That, that's really great, Robert, that you said that because otherwise it'd be cold. Right. It'd be a cold storyline. Like, yeah, that's what you're supposed to do with a robot. That's Get him right. the fuck up there in space. That's right. But he liked the kid. The kid right. liked him and they had their heartwarming scenes together. That's really cool that you knew that there was a need for that. Okay. And it was in the movie. Tobar, number four. Hey, uh, my number four is a movie that we've actually been talking a little bit about lately. A little bit. Uh, from 1993, a movie that Brian De Palma directed. Uh, it's, Is that on your list? It's on my uh, scoop. Ah, Carlito's best. Way. Ah. Man, what a great movie. You're fucking with me. No, I love no, you're Carlito's not. Way. I thought it was going to be Carrie. No, from 1993. Well, when I heard you say De Palma, I got uh, excited. Uh, no, Carlito's Way. That's I, really good. I think that's, that's really his good. best film. I, I agree. It's a really great film. I agree. Uh, in the documentary De Palma, which... Also, is one of my scoops, just De Palma. I didn't even think of that. You didn't think of that? I didn't even think of that. And you know how much we both raved about that documentary. Are you going to change your top five real quick? I wish I could, but I'll be cheating. Go ahead. Uh, He actually mentions that the big uh, chase in Grand Central Terminal was was all kind of improvised because they were going to shoot at the World Trade Center, and then they lost that location. And so they had to go out and just figure out, all right, how we're going to do all this uh, at the train station. And... Man, it worked really, really well. So that whole ending sequence where he's trying to get the fuck out of Dodge uh, and everybody's after him is really great. It's quite a movie, isn't it? It really Who's is. The I co-star? like co-star? Who was the other guy? The second? Luis Guzman. Oh. Is that you're talking about? No, it's one other person. Oh, uh, the female? No, male. Wait. Luis Guzman is the Puerto Rican. Oh, you're thinking of uh, Benny Blanco from the Bronx. Is, is that, that you're talking about? Yeah. The uh, 
don't know who I'm thinking uh, of. Man, why are you asking me? I don't know. I, I've been coming with names all day and well, I can't come up with any more names. Okay, all right, never mind. But um, what a movie. De Palma. De Palma, documentary. Maybe I should do a little change. Never mm-hmm. mind. Go ahead. Really that was nice. It. That's really way. nice. That's your number what? That's your number four. That's it. All right, my number three, Baby Doll. Now, listen, I want to talk about this because they referred to her as Baby Doll. I spoke about this movie like a year and a half ago. Ilya Kazan uh, directed this film, and it was Carol Baker. And she was a little sex plot in this film. It was 1956, black and white. And you've got Carl Malden on one side and uh, Eli uh, Wallach on the other. And they're feuding. They're feuding, these two plantation cotton owners. They're planting cotton. And so one of them is married to this 19-year-old sex pot. But then the other guy takes her away and wants to fuck her to get even for the fire that the guy created to destroy his plantation. It's hot. It's steamy. Uh, censor board went nuts over it. I'm sure. And it was Baby Doll. They called her, what's around, Baby Doll? They all had a southern accent. Tennessee Williams wrote the, um, wrote the screenplay. How about that? Is this a nickname or is that her name? Well, that's a good question. Oh, you're going to catch But that? I actually think but nicknames should count. I do too. Thank you. Thank you. And they called her, uh, hey, Baby Doll, what's the matter, Baby Doll? What you pouting about there, Baby Doll? I like that movie a lot. This is a movie where they just call her Baby Doll once in passing, <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah, it totally counts. Can I please talk about this sex pot? That was, uh, yeah. My, my brother turned me on to this movie before he I died. He turned before you he on. died. Yeah, mm-hmm. I just love that film. Baby Doll is my number three. Uh, my number three is a movie that I find endlessly watchable. It's one of these movies that I could turn on anywhere and just, uh, whenever it comes on, I got to watch it the rest of the way through. Uh, starring Julia Roberts from 2000, Aaron Brockovich. Oh, that's nice. I really like that yeah. movie. I, I just feel like everybody does their job really well. It's just clean. There's nothing wrong with it. And, um, <clears throat> you know, the same year <clears throat> Soderbergh directed that, he also directed Traffic. Soderbergh directed that. Yeah. And he also directed Traffic the same year. Same year. Wildly different movies. One is a little bit more lighthearted with a wink and a twist and a little bit of fun. And the other is a lot more serious and you know, focusing on the drug trafficking trade. And Traffic is a great movie and might even be the better movie, but it's not the more watchable movie. I find Aaron Brockovich to always be more watchable. So I don't know if you haven't seen it, check out 2000. I think it's uh, Julie Roberts' best, Aaron Brockovich. Nice. Real nice. My number two, Barbarella. Are you noticing a theme with my movie? Yes, you like <laughs> shitty doll, sex movies. But I've got to tell you, oh, it's 1968, Roger Vadim. Uh, directed this and he was married to Jane Fonda other women did try out for the lead but of course he gave the part to his wife and I saw it in the theater when it came out and it's it's titillating at the opening scene with that really cool music and we see well, she's floating Bar- around yes yeah you know that shot. Of course, man. She's in zero, zero gravity, and we see her legs up in the air. I couldn't tell you a thing about Barbarella other than no that No one scene. can, but the movie goes downhill from then on. Yeah. But what a beginning, and it was just a, a cool, lighthearted romp, 1968, Barbarella's my number I remember two. not liking that movie, but the opening scene, I'm like, this is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. But I, I watched it and was like, I, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. I was confused, and I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Hey, uh, my number two. This is really interesting. My number two has not just one name in the title. It has two names in the title. Is there an and between them? No. Go ahead. And here's what's really unusual. It's their full name. First and last name. So it's not like Chuck and Buck, if, which if you've ever seen. Uh, it's not like that. But it's referencing one name, but it's first and last name. No, nope, it's two different people. 
because I was going to say Rocky Balboa, but no, that's not what you're saying. But it would be like Rocky Balboa and Clubber Lang, right? That would be, if there was a movie called that, like the first and last name. But you said there's no and. That's correct. The word and is not. So it's two names. Yeah. First and last name, first and last name. Yeah. But there's there are some words between it. It's just not the word and. Okay, is the word in between verses? No, but that's good a good guess. guess. That that's was really, a really good, guess. good guess. That was really a good guess. Oh man, like Jason versus Freddy. That was a good movie. <laughs> uh, a, have I heard of this film? I think so. I might not have seen it. I don't know if mm-hmm. you have. It's really good. Two names, first and last name, first and last name, with it's other a, words in between. I'll give you a big hint. Do it. It's a Brad Pitt movie. Man, you look confused right now. This is great pod. That's, that's my thing. Oh, sorry. I got quiet, didn't I? My wheels are turning, but I'm not coming up with I anything. I can hear the gerbils yeah, spinning gerbils the wheel. All right. Either give me one more hint or just say it. What? The assassination of Jesse James by the coward yeah. Robert Ford. Yeah. yeah. That's really good, Robert. Yeah. A, I've heard of it. B, I never saw it. That's really good. Yeah. That's really Two good. Two names. You got a double whammy. Full names. And what a great movie. Uh, I, you know, I, I've been on a kick. I've been thinking about this movie quite a bit lately and I actually just bought it. It hasn't come yet. When it comes next week, you're going to go home with the assassins of Jesse James. It's a great movie. Yeah. I I don't think I've seen it since it came out. So I'm going to put it to the rock revisited test. I love our new. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Okay. What's your number? Uh, My number one, one. right? Are you ready for this? Because this is the only one I thought we might overlap. No, we won't. If we do. No, we won't. I think I'm going to surprise. You would know it if we weren't. You're good. I would? Yeah. How would I know it? You well, you would you would not say, no, we won't, because you know there's a possibility that I would I think this. you're going to be impressed with what I'm about to say. Okay. First of all, hint number one, they're not human. Okay, hint we're number not, not going to overlap. Okay. Oh, we're not going to overlap. Point number two, it's got two names. Okay. Point number three. It's not Freddie The word in the middle is not and. This is good, Robert. Two names. No and. It's three-word title, so it's name, blank, name. Harley Davidson and the Marble Man? No, no but... Not it. And hit number five, it's an animation. Oh. It's an, and we've talked about this an movie. animation. It's an animation, name, blank, name, without the word and in the middle, without the word versus, but it's a three-word title. You can't give me the word in the middle between their names? Sure, but that's gonna you're going to get it, though. Oh. I really like that. i got to tell you, this I literally got up at 3 in the morning, all excited. I jotted it down. What's the word in the middle? Meets. Blank meets blank. Oh, wait. The, uh, this is not meet the Fockers. No. It's no. animation? Blank. It's an animation. Blank meets, meets Oh, blank. Bambi yes, meets Godzilla. Yes. You. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Dork. That's pretty cool, isn't it? That's pretty good. 1969. Uh, what's the guy's name? Marv knew something. Uh, opening credits with his name. His name. You love this movie. The movie's 90 seconds. I saw it in the theater, Robert. I saw. I watched it here at your place a couple yeah. years ago. And I saw it in the theater. They paired off with something, I think with Harold and Maude. And I just, I was just like, when it ended with that famous last shot, and I just, my, my eyes got wide. Everyone started applauding. Yeah. We should just say that with that famous pastoral music, wasn't it? It's an animation, Bambi, looking very peaceful, eating. And then at the very end, we see Godzilla's leg just come down and smash Bambi. And that's the end. (laughs) He's dead. Yeah. 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 Bambi meets Godzilla. That's my number one. My number one 
It's from 1955. Hint. Give me a hint. Man, that's really all you need. That's it? Best picture winner from 1955. Ben-Hur. It's close. That's not bad. That's a really good guess. A name, too. Yep. What? Ben-Hur. Wait, oh, that... That's a, that's a name. Oh, it's a name. I thought, yeah. Okay, but that's wrong. That's wrong. There was, but that's a good wrong. guess. Thank you. Thanks, that's a really buddy. good guess. I want to get this. I want to get this. Come on. Not Spartacus. Okay. Um, is it or, is it about... It's a black and white. Is it warriors of any kind? Nope. Battle, fight? Okay, 1955. We've a. both seen it. We both love it. We both saw it. We both loved it. 1955. Yeah. Give, give us... Man, just... Many people argue that this is the first true independent film. It was actually based on a made-for-TV movie. 1955. Wait a minute. Wait, is um, Marty... Marty. Go ahead. Yeah. That's great. Starring, could, starring Ernest Borgnine. Could, could, talk, talk. Marty is... If you have not seen Marty... Oh, man. Isn't that a good movie? That movie did something uh, If you've me. not seen it, you definitely need to check out Marty. A frumpy, schlubby meatpacker. Yeah. A and meat uh, talk about like, anti-wave, especially at the time. This is... Not the the typical. You know, Burt uh, Lancaster produced that film. Yeah, you knew that. And it, what I love about the film is that the female lead is not beautiful. I know. And the casting for everybody in the movie is just spot on. Every man, every and man. She's not supposed to be beautiful. Her character is not supposed to be beautiful. But everybody just does their part so well. They play it perfectly. Borgnine is incredible. Oh. It's the best he's ever been. I mean, he's he's great in a lot of stuff, but this is his um, piece de resistance. It's I great. I love that film. You know, kudos kudos to both of us, especially our number one choice. Yeah. I knew Bambi and Godzilla meets Godzilla is going to be fun, but yours with Marty, that's really good, Robert. That's really good. I got a few extras. Oh, you scoops, go, go. Uh, Grey's Anatomy. We just talked about Spalding Gray. Yeah, yeah. That's a good one because it kind of works on both levels. Uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil. I think I mentioned this to you earlier where the two guys, the hillbilly hicks, are uh, accidentally chasing the the uh, college co-eds around the woods. Uh, Django Unchained, Ace Ventura, Mad Max. I purposely left off just because I feel <laughs> I like I've been yeah, using it all yeah, the time. Yeah. How about Beowulf? I actually like Beowulf Whoa. a lot. Woo, That's a pretty cul- good one. Getting some culture. Yeah. Hudson Hawk, Donnie Darko, Leon... Wally, Shrek, Rango, Babe. I had Babe. Did my, you have Babe? Yeah, that was on my Napoleon screen. Dynamite, Barry Lyndon, Billy Elliot, Simon Birch, Corky Romano, Rocky. All right, there you go. There were just so many. And again, with I had babe, I had Old Yeller. Oh, that's nice. I, yeah, I was going to include that. And uh, Tully. Remember, oh, yeah. We did Tully. That was a good one. Uh, obviously, Rocky, Gandhi, and uh, Romeo and Juliet. Uh, also, uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Yeah. Annie Hall. Um, Carrie, Dumbo. And just so many, so many. See, we're opening up the floodgates for our audience to yeah, uh, write yeah, in and be like, oh, here's this movie yeah. and this movie. You we're left this get... one off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, How yeah. could we not? I mean, it's, it's like 30% of all movies. It does seem that way. Yeah. yeah. I, 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 thought did not... I, came, I thought I came up with something unique. Me and too. I thought, And you sparked to it. You liked I did, it. I liked it. But then when I thought, wait, that's insane. It's too big a well. I didn't realize it was that big. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's open up those floodgates, and if anybody <laughs> wants to bring up some movies that we forgot with uh, character's name in the title, you can write us an email, 
at robert at antiwavepodcast.com or and slash or ira at antiwavepodcast.com or you can send us a message through instagram or twitter our handle on both of those is at antiwavepod that's right we're all over the place aren't we robert and we are often 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 itunes stitcher uh, we're on google play podbean just go to our website or throw us a few bucks over patreon and help keep the sprocket holes moving over there hey man let's give uh, producer joey a great job yeah Mad respect for beating us. Yeah, Fucking North yeah, by Northwest. Yeah, yeah. Man. That was good. That, that was, was nice. Good. Yeah. Solid. Eye of the needle, though. I Fuck that and, and I saw it. I saw it in the theater. It's crazy. It's a good movie. All right. Did we forget anything? We, we know what it. movie we're going to watch Oh, yeah, next we week. do. What is it? Yesterday. Oh, my. Tr- I was going to do that. Oh. You knew. I was, yeah, you beat me to it. Yeah. Yeah, yesterday. You've been rubbing off on me. Mm, that's scary, isn't it? Yeah. I, whenever you rub off on me, I get... Very scared, yes. I'm looking forward to seeing this movie yesterday. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Wait, yesterday seeing the movie? Yester- well, yesterday. Oh. Who's on first? Who's on first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So until then, keep watching movies. <laughs> and we'll help you sort them out. Hi, I'm Ellen Barkin. How are you doing? You want to make out a little bit? <laughs>